0: hello everybody and welcome to the latest episode of the fox nomad podcast i'm your host fox nomad anul polat welcome depending on when you're listening to this uh you know that the podcast has come out just a little bit late i'm sorry about that but it's been a crazy just crazy season it's tech season there's a lot going on i just uploaded a video uh unusual weekend video is up uh, unusual in the sense that it's going up on the weekend, not unusual in the sense that it is about Apple iPhones. So uh, there's some tech going on. I've also got some travel plans going on. Um, and uh, I, I'm looking forward to to an event. I don't know how I will film it. I don't know quite the logistics. I'm putting the the final plans today. But uh, you can expect a couple of videos out about that. Oh, and, and about you know, a week and a half or so from the time this podcast goes out. So that's happening. And then, uh, let's see what else is going on. Oh yeah. A lot of other stuff cooking in the kitchen, uh, development side. So there's a lot going on. Um, I want to say it's the reason I've been so quiet, but I really haven't been quiet. There's just been a ton, ton of content going on. So, um, Keep your eye on the YouTube channel. Just to go over a couple of the last videos that came out, I did just put one out about the Apple trade-in program, but one that you might find interesting, especially since most of us are, are grounded or at least not flying, are five reasons to use airplane mode when you're on the ground. So there are actually five good reasons to put your phone into airplane mode from time to time when you're not flying. When you're traveling, especially, but, uh, you know, just day to day, there are a lot of good reasons to do that. So there's that video if you want to check out. Um, I also went to, to the gun show. The, I went to an American gun show. Uh, I think I mentioned that on the last podcast. Um, but anyway, that video is up as well. Today, what I wanted to talk to you about was YFOX um, and Fox Premium. So Fox Premium was just released and I got a lot of questions about the development process about that. So I I wanted to answer a few of your questions on that. And then since we're also travel starved lately, I mean, how many, how many bloggers can we watch in Mexico? Right? Like, you know, everybody's in Mexico. It's pretty cool, but, uh, I'm, I'm kind of craving just travel. And then, and there's not a lot at least on my radar of good recent travel shows you know, I mean, maybe there are and I just don't know about them. But there's a really, really good one. I've got a good story for you to go along with it. That sort of affects my travels. Anyway, that in the second uh, middle portion of the podcast. And then at the end, I've got a special guest who's going to talk for a few minutes about Turkish food and cooking um, some common Turkish recipes. So if you're home missing travel, But you love to cook you know that's another way to bring travel to wherever you happen to be even if you can't hop on a plane right now so let's just go i guess (laughs) let's just jump right into it oh my god i can't believe i said that anyway it's uh it's weird i'm filming filming i'm recording this super super early so um if my brain you know if my brain feels slow that's that's why Anyway, uh, let's talk about Wi Fox. Let's talk about Wi Fox Premium. Let's talk about the development process of Wi Fox Premium. So, for those of you who don't know, Wi Fox is an app that I develop which gives you the airport lounge and airport passwords to hidden networks to over 1,300 airports around the world. It works by giving you all the access connections. And yeah, there are airports with free Wi Fi, but Wi-Fi fox helps you there because it can give you the actual network name that you need to connect to so you know you're connecting to the right one but using the lounge uh, passwords gives you access to faster I- internet more reliable internet and uh, there's been a rating system sort of on the on the back end of Wi-Fi fox for since i almost since you know it was first released so i wanted a way a feedback system, both user-initiated and through some other metrics in the app, to to be able to tell the signal strength, how reliable a password is. Uh, so I could remove old passwords and then add, you know, new passwords as as they were updated. Um, but I also wanted a way to be able to determine what the best connection is. So. You know, if there's an airport, there's ten, let's say, Wi-Fi hotspots. Let's say eight of them are locked. One is free. One is a just random rogue guy just trying to steal passwords. Uh, which one is the best one to connect to in terms of where you are in the airport, how close you're to the router, um, how fast the internet is, how reliable it is, and so on? Because you know, a lot of uh, you know, you know that the Wi-Fi. In most airports is not created equal. It's not created equal in most places. So, um, you know, I wanted that system there and that system has been running in the background, Uh, you can, users can, as a user, you can give your own feedback about a wireless hotspot, but there, you know, there are some other sort of calculations that go on into an algorithm that I created that does a lot of those calculations for you. So. That's Wi which you can download right now. Yeah, it's it's on a special, special sale price. So get it before it's not on that sale price. So what I wanted to do with Wi Premium is make it a lot uh, less hands-on. In other words, I wanted it to be that I, I imagine this scenario that you're flying and you've got a layover and you land at an airport, and most of us what we do is first thing we're going to try to grab our phone and try to connect to any, you know, wireless hotspot we can get to. Uh, we're either waiting in the passport line, you know, at customs or going through another security check. And it's it's not the best time to take out your phone and have to fidget with it and to figure out, you know, how can I connect? Which network is the right one? You know, do I have service? All this stuff. So I just imagined a scenario that your plane lands. You don't have any Internet. Um and you turn on y Fox or you just open your phone and then you get a notification with the password and the network information, the connection information for that airport. Oh, and that one that would be sorted with the best connection for you. So a lot of you, I don't know if you guys are photo or video editing. I imagine many of you listening to the podcast are at least tech heavy. So you're using a lot of Internet. And who doesn't love faster Internet? I mean, nobody's going to complain. So I wanted to to give you automatically that connection, the best connection. And it's all updated in real time. So the passwords are updated in real time. But also that connection algorithm is working also in real time to sort those um, passwords for you. So that's how WiFox Premium works. Um, In a nutshell, there's a couple of other features that premium users get. And when I talk about premium users, uh, you can download YFOX uh, free and try it out for seven days. It's essentially an add-on on top of WiFox, uh, the, the standard version of YFOX. And uh, the reason, basically the difference between the two and the reason that I created the, the premium version was to sort of give people this enhanced, um, these enhanced features if they wanted them uh, when they're traveling and then they're not using them. If they don't want, you can always downgrade and then re-upgrade anytime you want. Um, the subscription lasts for one year. So, and it's a I think a very reasonable, very reasonable price. Uh once, especially when you hear how how much development effort goes into that. Uh, but if you use just standard Wi Fox, essentially what that does is you've got to go through the networks, you basically open it up, you've got a map, it shows you all the Wi-Fi hotspots, and then you select. Uh, one and it will give you the password for that hotspot and then you log in. Um, The algorithm is still working in the background. The difference between the premium and the regular version is that you won't automatically get that update as a notification on your phone. You won't get the the top rated one automatically so it won't automatically sort those hotspots for you Um, and premium users can actually see the rating that's generated by the algorithm for a given hotspot. So those are just some of the, the main features and main differences. If you travel very frequently, if you travel to a lot of places that don't, a lot of airports, and I'm thinking of one very popular airport right now from a city that is near and dear to my heart that I love very much. Um, no, trust me, getting online there is is not easy. Um, but luckily for you, Fox will tell you the password for that for that airport. Anyway, uh, Fox, let's see, what else can I tell you about it? All right, let's get into the development. I was going to give you the, the sort of uh, the marketing pitch of, ah, it's been mentioned by New York Times, BBC, Time Magazine. It's been rated one of the top five apps on the Apple App Store. And it's developed by an independent developer who you might know, whose voice you're listening to right now. So um, thank you very much for all your support of all over the years, Wifox, uh, and all my apps. Um, and thank you to all of you who've already gotten a subscription. I know many of you sent me messages and were like, well, I know we're not traveling right now, but uh, we just wanted to to support um, and we hope that we'll be traveling within the next year. And I hope so too. So I really uh, do appreciate that very, very much. Um, so when we're talking about the development of, of Fox and Fox Premium, uh, which is available right now for iOS, Android version, I'm hoping for quarter one of 2021. So uh, essentially, it's been a process that's taken, you know, more or less from inception to to actual implementation. It's taken well over a year. Um, so that's coming up with the specs. That's one of the first things that you do when you develop an app. You want to create, you know, sort of what you envision for it. You want to put that on paper. Um, you want to sort of map it out, maybe talk to talk to some of your friends, colleagues, you know, try to figure out, you know, does this make sense? How, how do you think this works? You know, what would you include? What would you like to see updated? Um, I've also got hundreds of comments and hundreds and hundreds of reviews on, on the App Store and uh, on on Google as well, so I can look at those and see what, what kind of feedback people are giving me. Um, and also to try to try to bring some of those features from that algorithm that's working in the background, which sounds all mysterious, but it's, it's really not, it's just essentially calculating, um, you know, people give a score to a Wi-Fi hotspot. If the hotspot works connection, information, it's basically evaluating based on that. But I, I wanted to make that a little bit more transparent without giving away the secret sauce of the algorithm, but also to show people, you know, that these networks are being sorted. So I wanted it to be, more useful especially if you're in a situation like me where you know you're let's say you're doing video editing or you're uploading photos or you just want to make a decent skype call or something like that you want the best internet and i i hate when i'm in an airport trying to figure out which one that is that that drives me crazy so i know that drives a lot of you crazy as well so a lot of the initial sort of planning out of an app For those of you who are developing apps or think about it um you know it's putting down the specs that you want because um you know the biggest hang up when you're developing any kind of app and in my you know i'm really guilty of this i know that i try to be aware of it is making last minute changes on the fly and that's when you're actually in the development process when you're actually developing the app you you start to see how things work and you go oh you know, this doesn't quite make sense. It should actually be like this. And when you do those little tweaks, you're like, ah, you know, it would be really nice if this button did that. You know, that would be just really nice We want to add that in. Uh, a lot of times, those little last minute course corrections end up taking months to develop in because, the, you know, you got to change the logic of the application when you're building it. It's like a story in a sense. If, if one part of the web is off, you got to, it creates ripples down the line. And those last minute changes are something that you really, really want to avoid. And there's also this thing, you know, um, I'll, I'll talk about a little bit, but w- when you get close to the release date of an app, you know, there's there's always stuff you want to update. There's always things that you want to fix and tweak. There are always little warnings that you get inside of, you know, like Xcode for iOS, you know, little things that like, oh, that library is depreciated, you might not want to use it, and so on. Is You just want to make it, you know perfect. You just want to perfect everything. You never get to that state. It's always a work in progress. And so you got to get to a point where you need to outline the things that you really want, the things that are nice to have, and the things that you don't really care about maybe long term. So need to have, nice to have, don't really need to have, I think is, is a good way to put it. Um, and then you know, you want those things that you really want to have. You want to get those locked in so that you can actually release the app. Otherwise, you will be in update, just sort of update hell. You'll just be updating and updating. So um, for those of you, and, you know, I hope this isn't boring a lot of you, but I did get a lot of questions about this. I've gotten a lot of questions about development over the years. So, the you know, the main advice I would give is make sure that you put down the features that you want on paper. Give it a week talk to people let it you know marinate in your brain once you feel very comfortable with with that situation you can kind of place yourself in how an app is going to be used you know you want to imagine yourself using it you want to then start drawing out all the windows you want to draw out what every click of the app is going to look like what the design is going to look like in an update like ours you know we, we kind of have the uh, you know the look and the style locked in um but any new pages that you want, what does that look like? You know, when you click that button, how long does it take for the other button to pop up? Do you want to delay that? So on and so on and so on. So, um, and with WiFox Premium, because it is a subscription-based service, there's also this add-on, which was, you know, totally new to me, which is managing, you know, being able to manage subscribers. And uh, I wanted to do this in a way that would anonymize all of the users. So I don't know what anything about your device. I don't know, you know, it can't be traced to anything about you. So, you know, we just want to basically monitor or or sort of be able to tell who's a premium user and who's a regular user and who's in a trial period. But that's it. And I designed that because I'm just really privacy conscious. I hate taking more data than it's necessary because inevitably, you know, that data can leak out and I don't want to be responsible for it. So, um, and sort of a side note, you know, I'm a little bit all over the place, but just some of the things that have come up, but I have been offered multiple times, a lot, a lot, a lot of scary amount of money. To just put in a, a little bit of code from, from big companies that do this kind of thing. Just put in a little bit of code. You know, we just want to track your users' IP addresses. or we, we just want to, you know, get some of their GPS location when they use the app. And I've said no to all of it. I will always say no to all of it. I'll never, ever do that. Um, but, I, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm almost hesitant to tell you the figures, but it's a crazy amount of money. And it makes me, you know, think makes me think first of all of the free wi-fi at airports you know they that is like a data mining heaven so if you're not on a vpn you know i've written about vpns just fox nomad youtube fox nomad vpn um not a good advice there but you know it makes me think about all the other data that just regular apps are taking um so you know and a lot of those free apps too so there, you know there's a reason why I sort of decided on there would be like a small charge to download all my apps. And that's, that's not only just because of the amount of work that goes into it, but also to ensure your privacy. So a lot of free apps are just conveniently quietly selling a lot of your personal data and they can get a lot, a lot of data, even on iOS, even on iOS and get a lot of data about your device, about your habits, fingerprint you all sorts of stuff. So, um, you know that's just sort of a little bit of behind the scenes of of developing um it's essentially a full-time project maintaining and developing all the fox nomad apps so that's why fox drone mate faucet safe tip fox and grass fox um we've got a couple other things planned on the development side um so that's just continuously going on Uh, and i don't a lot of people don't realize that they're just I'm always working on updates. There are always fixes. I have a small team now um, that does a lot of the development work as well. So, you know, there's a lot going on behind the scenes. And I just want to make absolutely the best, most useful apps that I can make for travelers or just anybody really. So um, there you go. I hope that answers some of your questions. Uh, it's a little bit all over the place, I know that, um, but this is just sort of the things that I, I I made notes of that when I was going through the reviews and the questions that I got. So I figured, hey, here's a little bit of insight into that. Here's a, a little bit of uh, awareness for you about y Fox Premium, available for iOS for download. Um, you got seven days, you can check it out free, cancel anytime. I would love to hear your feedback about it, honestly, um, uh, that's, that's where I get the best ideas. I actually, you know, I'm, I'm barely human at this point. So it's nice to have some actual feedback from real people using my apps. So if you want to check it out, it is there on iOS and you can download it, try it free for seven days. All right. Now I want to talk about travel and I want to get into a little bit of a travel story. And maybe if you are starved for travel, maybe this will sort of help, uh, help get you through this 2020 All right. So I want to talk to you about a series that is on Apple TV right now that I absolutely love. I love this series um, and it's connected to a big part of sort of my travel inspiration. So this is, uh, it's on Apple TV, it's called Long Way Up. It is essentially uh, Ewan McGregor, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi, the actor, and Charlie Borman, another actor, his friend, they take, two motorcycles from Ushuaia, which is the very southern tip of Argentina, and they drive it up the Pan-American Highway all the way up to Los Angeles. It's really just, it's just great. The cinematography is absolutely incredible. The, I, you know, I want to give you more information, but I might have more information about that. But anyway, the, just the shots that they are able to get uh, are fascinating. And, and the reason that... I like long way up so much is because in 2004, I think um, that was when I read about long way around. So that was Ewan McGregor again, and Charlie Borman. This was about 2004. And I had read a a, a magazine article that a family member had given me actually. And uh, I remember that. I remember that getting that magazine. And he said, you know, I think you'll enjoy this. I think you'll enjoy this article. And uh, this was way before I was, you know living this lifestyle of traveling and and so on but i read it it was you mcgregor was on the cover he was standing in front of a, a small a plane a jet and it was about his planning to do this motorcycle trip from new york all the way around sorry from london all the way around to new york and so they take it was with charlie Borman. they take two motorcycles and they did this trip and I was fascinated to hear about the planning. I love, I love, I think, I guess a lot of you too, I love travel planning and how people, you know, plan their trips. It's the same thing with tech. I love looking at, you know, when I see travel vloggers, when I see tech YouTubers, these people that I follow, I love to see what's in their backpack, what they carry. It gives me ideas, you know, maybe I can change my setup. Um, it's just fun. It's just, I, you know, it's, it's something about, that planning part that I like and what I really like about Long Way Around was uh, you know that article had a lot of the planning you know and it takes a lot of planning to do a a trip like that you've got to figure out your exact route you know the map you got to figure out border crossings visas all those things and uh, so I was really fascinated and then when it came out so essentially how it worked was Both of these guys went around on motorcycles. They had a third motorcycle who was the cinematographer who followed them, who got all their shots. Then they had a support vehicle that would only meet up with them really at border crossings. So this was support really to handle the visas, handle all the paperwork. Um, Obviously there's a film crew there as well. So that was part of that. But for most of the journey, uh, Ewan McGregor and Charlie Boorman are on their own and there's a documentary you can watch. That's also on Apple TV, actually, um, which I highly recommend. But I really, really recommend the book. The book is, as everybody says, about books so much better, and and it's really like a diary. It's just you and and Charlie's diaries of of this trip, and it's at a time you know, 2004. There was re- really not social media or anything like that, so. Uh, You know, it's almost like a time capsule in a sense from, you know, just a different time and a different way to travel. I love it. And a lot of people complained about something about that book. But what I loved about it was that they complained a lot about each other, that they would get on each other's nerves. They would, you know, a couple of times in Mongolia, they they just set up their camps, you know, their tents, like really far apart just for some space because they were fighting... And a lot of people were like, God, these guys are bickering a lot. Like, what is, why do they talk about that? And I was thinking, yeah, I mean, if you're traveling four months around the world every day sitting on a motorcycle with somebody, you know, friend, you know, a good friend, whatever, you're going to get into, you're going to get tired. It's going to be stressful. You're going to get on each other's nerves. And that's totally normal. And what I loved about it, what I loved about that diary was that it was so real. It was just so raw. So if you read it, and you've traveled, you've taken these long trips with people. You know that's how it gets, and it's not that they end up hating each other at the end. They actually are really good friends, and they obviously do this two more times, two different sort of, you know, multi-country trips. Um, you know, so it's not all complaining. But what I like about it is it shows you what travel is really like. It's not just um, it's not just the highlights. It's it's actually you know. It, yeah, hey, it's, it's Obi-Wan Kenobi, yes, but the way he writes the diary, it's like, I just any normal person, and I, I really like that a lot, so if you're looking for a great travel book, Long Way Around, I highly recommend, um, then they did the same trip, it was a little bit different, the same trip, a similar trip from London to Cape Town, that was a little bit different, um, but jumping up to Long Way Up, This time they're going, and now there's a huge gap, right? It's 2020. I think the last trip they did was 12 years ago. Charlie Borman has had since uh, two really bad motorcycle accidents, which they highlight in the first episode of Long Way Up. Um, Basically, you know, his legs are just held together with bolts at this point. So he's a little bit more nervous riding. Uh, They talk about that. But one of the big changes to this trip is they take electric bikes. So they're motorcy- electric motorcycles. And again, I was on, you know, I'm, I'm hanging out in those forums, reading what people think about each episode. And a lot of people go into the first two episodes, they talk about, oh, man, they talk so much about the set, you know, the setup and the planning and the bikes, oh, charging the bikes, how how do, how are we going to do that? Um, and I, I thought that was the most fascinating part, really, of those first two episodes. I mean, that was what it was all about, you know. They're taking... Two electric motorcycles and I don't I never thought about electric motorcycles I mean I know about electric cars but I didn't really think about it being a thing and when you you know think about it for half a second you know a Tesla let's say just your run-of-the-mill Tesla is like what 230 mile 250 mile range whereas a motorcycle is going to have a way smaller battery um, and so they were trying to figure out what company to use to use an electric bike Uh, Most of the bikes they looked at had a range of like 70 miles, which is, you know, 140, 135 kilometers or so, which is, you know, if you're doing this kind of trip uh, through a lot of remote regions, uh, that's not a lot of distance. And because it's not a lot of distance, you're not going to be able to charge it, so on and so on. So essentially, you know, just to give you kind of a recap without spoiling anything, uh, they get in touch with Harley-Davidson who is developing uh, electric motorcycles at the time, this trip actually took place. The actual trip took place last year from September to December. So it's about a year from when this podcast came out. The planning obviously is happening, you know, a a year before or so. Um, So Harley-Davidson now has electric bikes out, but at the time they were really prototypes. They only had one in the world. And for this trip, they developed two uh, for these guys to take. Um, And then they have their support vehicles this time. And they've got a pretty big support crew, I'd say, this time. You know, they've got a lot of like 10 people in an office who did all the planning. They have the the benefit of, of, uh, you know, local guides at the borders to help them with visa crossings and all of this. Um, And so they've got and they've got the old team back, the cinematographer who follows them on a diesel powered motorcycle who does all the. All the shots of them riding, uh, amazing drone shots. I'm so jealous of those drone shots. They are amazing. You just want to be there. Like the, the colors, it's just, it's incredible. When you think about, you know, how far ahead he has to ride up to get these shots with these guys, you know, riding up. He, he's got to plan those out. He's got to go up into the mountains when they're coming down a valley. It's just incredible. So the cinematography is, is really um, impressive and amazing. Going back to the support crew, they also wanted to do the support crew with electric vehicles. And again, you know, you you need vehicles that are trucks, you know, they've got a lot of filming equipment. They wanted uh, uh, to be able to have a mobile charging station, mostly because there aren't chargers along that route, you know, I mean, there there aren't exactly electric chargers on the way. So... I'll just kind of give you a a real brief synopsis without telling you any more about the series, but Rivian, which is a company that makes electric cars. I, I highly recommend you check them out. I, I think I'm pretty sure I ran into them at CES earlier this year and, uh, they're doing some really cool stuff with electric technology, but they essentially build out a charging station, uh, network all the way up the Pan American highway for these guys for this trip. It's incredible, and then they leave the chargers there for other people who might want to, you know, charge up electric cars, electric bikes, or for just other people there who, you know, just need an electrical outlet. And so some of these places are pretty remote, um, which is amazing. And the the bikes themselves, from a tech point of view, are incredible. Like Just the technology there is absolutely incredible. The Rivian trucks... And those are prototypes like the inside is not finished at all. The outside looks like just amazing. Like it's just super slick. But the inside has got like these huge like physical buttons, um, basically switches and stuff because they haven't had, you know, these are prototypes. They haven't had time to build out the interior to make it look nice and put, you know, touch panels or whatever. It just literally just switches. It's so cool. It's so great. My only complaint about the series is only 10 episodes and they go through, you know, 13, let me look at that, 13,000 miles and it could easily be a 20 episode, you know, uh, series. But I think the way Apple does all their series is just 10 episodes, but I really wish it was longer. I hope they put out an extended cut. I would love to see it. I'm telling you now, if you miss travel, if you miss travel, you will really really enjoyed this series so I, I highly recommend that you you watch it uh, and the nice thing is on Apple TV you can watch the first couple episodes for free and I think I think right now they've got like a one month free uh, subscription so you can just watch it one month trial you can watch all the Apple TV and then just cancel it at the last minute <laughs> or just keep it because it's got also great shows like Another one that I really enjoy is For All Mankind. Again, if you love travel, if you love Star Trek, you don't necessarily have to love both. But if you love either one... All right, I'm going to add... Okay, wait, 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 Let's go back. If you love uh, tech, history, or Star Trek, or travel, if you, you're into any one of those things, you are going to love For All Mankind that series. Um, And I got to say, if you love who inspirational stories, um, if you like emotional stories, let's add that to the list. So I highly recommend that. Uh, Check it out. Maybe you can get that free one month subscription. It's tech season. You know, this is the time of the year that all those deals come out and it's a delayed tech season. So a lot of the you know, a lot of the deals and products are coming out a lot later. You know, they're coming out like end of November, kind of. Like we're getting announcements in September and around now, but a lot of these products aren't coming out until very end of this year. But and same thing with services, just keep your eye out for good deals because they are coming around. This is a good time for deals. Okay. Now, for the moment you've all been waiting for, we are going to have a special guest to talk a few minutes about filming With me filming Turkish cooking and uh, what you, some dishes that you might want to take a look at and the benefits of Turkish food to impress your friends. Right after this, and we're back with my special guest, my mom, to talk about Turkish food and making a video about Turkish food. uh, Which, if you haven't seen, it's on YouTube. You can take a look. We made Majimek köftesi but I wanted to talk about what it was like making the video with me. <laughs> was it difficult? I don't normally have other people in my video.
1: Hello, everyone. Uh, Anal, thank you very much for inviting me again. Um, I uh, have to tell you that uh, making a video of uh, making lentil balls was not easy uh, be- because I uh, usually don't uh, use any measurements when I cook. Uh, some of you may have noticed that, uh, like two uh, teaspoonfuls or uh, two spoons of salt uh, uh, doesn't mean anything to me. It, I really uh, uh, use my own measurements. You know, when I see the right amount of salt or pepper, I put it in. Because I learned cooking, watching my um, mother uh when she cooked uh, in the kitchen. So she never used measurements, and uh, measurements uh, is not part of my life, but uh, we did that according to uh, some measurements that day. And it wasn't easy because, you know, I've never made a uh, cooking video. And making it with my son was uh, already very exciting.
0: Yeah, so I had to film all the ingredient parts over and over and over because I knew that what the ingredients you were telling me on the camera were not what I was seeing with my eyes. So it was not two tablespoons of salt. It was a lot more salt. And the spice we put way, I think a a good amount, maybe a little bit too much for most people, uh, spice. So if you watch the video, I had to really film those things. So you have to take a close look the video is in high resolution you may have to zoom in but that's more or less the amount they have to take so my question is this if for somebody who's just watching the video how many times do you think they would have to make measurement koftes lentil balls until they got it right so if they're not I mean we gave measurements in the video but how many times of practice do you think before like you got it good you know when you were learning
1: uh, the more, the better. I mean, the more you practice, you get better results. Uh, I mean, I would say, like, uh, if you make it 10 times, you know, well, the, the result will be a lot better than the first one.
0: Is it a flexible dish? Like, I mean, some dishes, like baking, you know, baking, you have to be very precise. But with these kind of things, I think, are more flexible. Is imagine, lentil balls, are they more flexible, you know, if somebody's just learning Turkish food, is that a good one to start with? Uh,
1: I think so, uh, because you can add as much um, uh, hot uh, pepper, uh, as much as you want, and uh, salt like that too, you know, and you can make it in small measurements, so it will be for one person or two people. Uh, So it's kind of flexible. The only thing uh, with lentil balls is that it takes time to make it. Um, it, it you can try it over a weekend. Uh, you can't just make it when you come back from work and uh, makes uh, try to make something for that uh, uh, evening's dinner. Uh, it will be uh, you will be eating dinner uh, really late that night because you know you have to. Uh, wait until uh, it cooks and then uh, after boiling it you have to do all the uh, cutting and uh, wait again for it to get to cool down and uh, to add the ingredients and make it into small bowls i mean it's not a, a weekday dish definitely uh, you should uh, work on it during the weekend
0: yeah i think what i don't know if i put it in the original video but the total amount of recording time it took us i think two and a half hours or three hours. Two, three hours and i had close to two hours of footage so i think i had an hour and 40 minutes of footage actual recorded stuff most of it was just the camera that was just running while things were cooking while you were chopping and i had to edit but i had to rewatch an hour and 40 minutes because a lot of the talking you know we were talking a lot during the making of that so the ingredients and you know so I had to find when we we're talking and then the visual parts. so I had to re-watch it all over and that's when I realized that the measurements were wrong so when I when you were saying like two tablespoons and then I was looking at the footage I was like no she put four tablespoons or big tablespoons so I had to to go back okay we're probably going to make a couple more of these videos that I think people want to see Uh, This one was because it was vegan. And I think uh, a lot of people don't know Turkish food is not very meat heavy. I mean, it can be, but I think a lot of things people eat at home are more, you know, like, if you look at the cuisine, it's mostly vegetarian, I think. You know, and like kebab is a, you go out and eat it. It's not people are eating kebab every night. Um, What do you think are some dishes that people don't know about, who don't know Turkish food, should try cooking without giving away secrets for the videos that we're making.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, um, you should start with easy ones, like uh, you should uh, use a lot of olive oil in your cooking and a lot of vegetables. This is, of course, very healthy, and uh, I've always felt uh, really guilty uh, over the years uh, uh, for not uh, having enough time for my children, not enough time for my husband, not enough time for the whole family, and not enough time to spend in the kitchen to cook all those dishes that uh, the the Turkish kitchen has. uh, because, you know, I was at work all day long and then would come home and prepare something practical. Um, uh, I I would uh, start with a soup, for instance, and then we'll have something uh, vegetable and rice to go with it uh, or bulgur, uh, uh, which were the easiest things. So, like, uh, dishes like lentil bowls, I would make um, over the weekend uh, so it will last a few days um, during the week. Whenever I have the time now over the weekend, you know, I try to make something a little more complex like uh, lentil balls. and uh, uh, usually uh, uh, it takes the whole afternoon or the whole morning to cook. Uh, But um, over the week, you know, during the week, I don't have enough time to cook. So uh, my advice is for you uh, to start with uh, easier dishes uh, like vegetables um, and soups. and then go into more complex ones
0: well i don't think anybody in the family has any complaints about about your cooking over the years um but i think yeah turkish food is very quick food i think in general i mean yeah they're the complex dishes but people don't usually eat those every day you know they're not making those things every day those are like for guests or for a weekend when you have more time Okay. Any last thoughts before we make another food video? Any recommendations for people wanting to learn Turkish food? Maybe they're scared or intimidated.
1: Uh, there are so many videos on YouTube these days uh, that you can find uh, almost all uh, uh, the dishes. Uh, uh, you can watch the videos, you can try to make them. Uh, there is a, 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 a quite a lot of them uh, that you can try. And, uh, you know, don't be intimidated and uh, don't be unhappy if you don't get uh, the right result uh, in your first try. Uh, keep making it and you'll get better results uh, uh, in your second, third, fourth try. I mean... Turkish food is like that. I mean, as Anal said, uh, you uh, eat a lot of healthy food when you have Turkish food. My advice is you always keep a lot of uncooked beans, uh, dried beans at home, and a lot of vegetables uh, like eggplant, green beans and um, a lot of onions too green onions uh, green peppers tomatoes um, actually there is one way of, of cooking uh, a Turkish vegetarian dish um, you just chop onions uh, and uh, saute it in uh, olive oil and then uh, add uh, tomatoes pepper uh, and and uh, Sometimes paste, uh, tomato paste or hot pepper paste to it. We like hot, spicy food. Uh, And um, if you have uh, everything you need in the house, um, uh, then uh, it's not uh, difficult at all to make Turkish food. When you feel like vegetables, you can try eggplant, green beans. Um, When you feel like eating uh, something with meat, then you can add the meat to or the uh, vegetarian dish uh, that you make.
0: Well, there you go. Uh, we will have more food videos coming up. Thank you for answering some of these questions for everybody. We got uh, a lot of people curious about making stuff. And I think like the lentil balls look difficult, but it's more time-consuming than it is actually difficult to make. I mean, it's difficult in terms of time, but not difficult in terms of skill required maybe maybe not okay I'm saying that maybe on your first time it will be difficult but you know it. it's not impossible so thank you uh, everybody listening be sure to uh, make sure you're subscribed on YouTube if you have any questions you can add me on Twitter at Fox Nomad thank you again to my mom uh,
1: thank you all very much for watching the video and also listening to this podcast thank you
0: what what an endorsement everybody all right thanks and uh we'll talk to you in a minute thank you everybody for listening to this episode of the podcast if you haven't already make sure you give the podcast five stars wherever you're listening to this thank you to my mom for being a guest i hope you enjoyed that segment hope you all have a great rest of your day and i'll talk to you in the next episode